When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right. Yes, and uh, the breaking news is, well, it's one of those nights where I feel like the, the breaking news is that I have no news to tell you about Evander Kane. Other than, again, this is what his agent wrote on Twitter, I guess we're up to about two and a half hours ago now. Mm-hmm. Still interviewing with teams, no contract in hand, salary not yet agreed, many details to be worked out, no travel plans over 48 hours. This is in the wake of uh, Tim Peel, the former NHL referee, and Dave Pagnotta from the fourth period saying that Evander Kane will be an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, that has not happened. Will it happen? It uh, certainly a lot of indications that the Oilers are in the mix, perhaps even in the final three. Uh, for Vander Kane services, which I'm sure is a, a big discussion point for a lot of you and one we've been talking about on this show as well. Uh, we had Craig McTavish on uh, weighing in on that. We had a couple callers between 6 and 6.30 on the Certainty Hotline, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Ken Holland earlier today confirming, yes, I've talked to the agent, and uh, yes, I believe in in, in second chances, and uh, you know, if if you want to call Evander Kane a Evander Kane a reclamation project, then fine, that's what he is. And uh, Ken Holland has said, you know, he he would go down that road. So obviously, that would be uh, that would be major. As, as I think it was Darren that called in and said, you know, think of what what he would add to the top six. No doubt about it. From a hockey standpoint and from a contract standpoint, because you're probably getting him for around a million bucks. I mean, you're adding a player almost for nothing of of high caliber. Uh, I mean, you'd be paying him basically fourth line money to play probably on your first or second line. So it's it's just all the other baggage that comes along with it. Uh, had Marty Baron on the show last night, who covers the Buffalo Sabres. He said he would not do it. Rob Brown has said he would not do it. I see Mark Spector has written a piece on Sportsnet saying he would not do it. Stoffer's show, Oilers now put out a poll that ended earlier today. 60% of those of you who voted said, yes, bring Kane in for about a million dollars. So uh, it's a, it's an interesting one to debate. For sure. And uh, obviously, whenever it breaks, if it does break, we'll have it for you on 630 Chet, if that's tonight, tomorrow, or if he goes to another team. Okay, Ken Holland. uh, And you can get more on Ken Holland, of course, on 630Chet.com, globalnews.ca. He was Goaltending was a topic with him, as it has been on this show and with anybody who's been talking about the Oilers. And he was uh, asked how soon a change in net could come. I like to, I think it's my job to protect people, okay, to make sure that they are ready. Play the kids, 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 play the kids. Then when the kids make mistakes, we don't like the kids, we don't like the kids, we don't like the kids, get different kids, and the kids go elsewhere and they have success that you thought they were going to have here. I'd rather wait a little bit too long. Now, how long could I wait? I'm going to watch, I'm going to evaluate. I mean, it's, I mean, it, I, we have 48 games to go. I understand we got to hit the ground running. Now that I can't judge one game, you can't just, if you lose a game, all of a sudden start to make, you, I got to watch some games. I, I can't put a number on it, but I got to watch some games. I got to see how we 
big play. I got to see how the how how everything goes. Um, but I think everybody in that every everybody in that room understands that we've got 48 games to go. We've got to hit the ground running here and 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 start to put something together ASAP as soon as we get going. Well, and that's why they want to keep Stuart Skinner in the minors. That that is Ken Holland's approach. Now there may reach a point where there's perhaps no choice. And Ken Holland said today, pretty reluctant to trade the first round draft pick and uh, fairly, uh, as he said, reluctant to rush along young prospects. So it sounds like it's going to be Smith and Koskinen. And I, and I would assume they're going to lean more heavily on Smith as, as they did last year when both guys were healthy. And, and as for getting out of this funk, trying to push back up into a playoff spot and the Oilers have dropped out now, especially when you look at it in terms of points percentage, but Ken Holland insisting that uh, it's all got to come from within. They got to find the depth from within the locker room to get out of it. I think the answer is in that locker room. I mean, why would I trade a first-round pick or one of our top prospects to, to have somebody give us a little bit of a boost and then next year we have a press conference and you're asking me about more secondary scoring again or more depth or more depth. The depth has to be built internally. The depth the depth of this organization has to be the growth, the growth of McLeod, the growth of Yamamoto, the growth of uh, Bouchard, the growth of Broberg, the growth of Skinner, the growth of uh, uh, Carter Savoy, the, the growth of Borgo, the growth of uh, Petrov. That's, that's, that's how... That's how that's how we did it in Detroit, and when I look around, that's how the best teams do it. It's it's homegrown. It's it's young people. It's being patient. It's it's you know we came here, you know, signed Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Woody's done a great job in 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 in, in developing players down there. Um, so uh, you know, I think that's that's how you got to get better. It's got to be now. I understand Connor's 25 and Leon's 26, and would I trade something that's if it's a hockey trade and it's it's you bring in somebody and he's here for this year and beyond that's a different that's a different story but if, if your question is to me just to, to trade some grade a prospect to give a little bit of a boost and a bump so we can have an, another press conference next week and then and then that guy goes on and flourishes in another organization somewhere else for for five six seven eight ten years and and and, and we're back to the market next year because that person we got leaves i'm not doing that all right so uh there he is uh hoping for internal solutions which i think on paper is a good plan we'll see if it if it doesn't play out that way on the ice if ken holland might have to react quicker to get this team into the postseason okay I, I, we got another story to talk about here with the national hockey league so many games postponed we got games to to make up what's going to happen so to discuss that we welcome to inside sports the deputy commissioner of the national hockey league bill daly bill welcome back to the show how are you doing i'm uh, doing okay reed how are you happy new year yeah happy new year to you as well thanks for hopping on the show here i, I know your uh, your time is tight and you're dealing with a lot so so we'll just dive right into some of the big storylines here a lot of games have been postponed now, several involving the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, can you update us on maybe a timeline for when uh, a revised schedule might come out? So I know Steve Hatsipetros, who is our chief schedule maker, um, is uh, working with the clubs this week uh, on a uh, proposed uh, revised schedule. And we certainly hope uh, we're in a position to, to issue that publicly uh, uh, sometime next week. Okay, good to hear. Now, 
there obviously is the Olympic break, which is no longer a break, but there is that gap in the schedule. Are all the games going to fit in there? Are things going to be have to be moved around in March and April? Uh, I guess I'm throwing a lot at you here, but you know, could we go into May? What are we looking at for for how things get played out? So, I mean, a little uncertain at this point only because we don't know what's ahead of us. Uh, we only know what uh, has happened to, to, to this point in time. Uh, currently, um, the revised schedules that I have seen uh, do make full utilization of, the, of what, what would have been the Olympic break um, and do fit uh, the large majority of games that need to be rescheduled into that window. Uh, there are other... Uh, revisions that have been made um, really that should improve some team schedules actually because the last two months of the season we're going to be uh, jam-packed with games in part because of the Olympic schedule we've been able to move some of those games around uh, in ways that should be beneficial to the clubs um, so uh, so at least at this point um, we have a handle on it um, hopefully, you know, uh, COVID uh, won't uh, continue to rage at the same rate as it has been over the last two or three weeks, I guess three or four weeks now. Um, and we can, uh, we can get back to some kind of rationality with respect to, to uh, a regular schedule moving forward. Okay, so, so hopefully still done by the last weekend in April is, is what I'm hearing. Is that fair? That's correct. That's fair. Okay. Now in Canada, we've had the additional challenge, I suppose, on top of COVID cases of attendance restrictions to varying degrees in different provinces. We're 50% here in Alberta, and that has led to some post moments. So is the NHL at the point where you kind of have to say, all right, well, we may just have to play. You know, we we want full buildings, but we also got to get everything done. So we just might have to go ahead with some of these smaller or no crowds. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, ultimately, we have to get to that point. Um, and if we want to maintain the integrity of our, the original uh, schedule um, window, um, you know, we're going to have to stop moving those games. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not making any uh, definite proclamations and, and, you know, we'll continue to see how the world unfolds uh, in terms of, of, of other postponements we have to do for COVID-related reasons. And, and if there's an opportunity to to, to move uh, Canadian game club games to to preserve uh, the fans' ability to to watch them in person, uh, we'll certainly consider doing that. But but the, the the premise of the question is correct, which is that at some point we we uh, really don't have any uh, room left to continue to delay games in Canadian buildings. Bill Daly joining us on Inside Sports, Deputy Commissioner of the NHL. So there's been. You know, varying degrees, I think, of uh, maybe frustration or or questions from from players and coaches. I think, you know, Jared Bednar, I think, said something in the last couple of days. Um, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, when he was asked about it after Christmas, said, well, you know, I was on the COVID list, but I've played sicker in the past. D- does something have to be done or or is the league open to doing something about, okay, if you're asymptomatic, you know, you don't have to sit out or you don't have to sit out as long as even the five or six days that is, is, is right now. Like, do we need to head in that direction or is the league pretty comfortable with, with where it's at, with the policy? 
Well, I mean, in terms of the isolation period, that's that's something that you know that's we really leave to the medical experts, right? And and the including the medical experts in both countries, both Canada and the United States, and local health authorities and the like. So that that really, to in large part, is dictated to us, um, and and you know we accept the the rules that are laid out by the medical authorities um, with respect to how we. Uh, you know, approach uh, COVID and and in particular the Omicron uh, variant of COVID. Um, uh, that is, in terms of protocol, that that is more in our bailiwick, uh, or at least our doctors' bailiwick. So the, the, there's been ongoing discussions with the Players Association and the Players Association's medical experts with respect to how to approach protocol and, in particular, testing of asymptomatic uh, uh, players. Um, and I, could I foresee a, a time period where that's addressed in a way where asymptomatic players are not tested as regularly as they are currently? The answer to that is yes. Um, have we reached agreement on that uh, at this point in time uh, as among the medical experts and, and the NHL and NHLPA? The answer would be no. Uh, but I, I, I certainly could foresee that time uh, at some point in the future coming. Uh, part of it is is related to the fact that, you know, we we now have a very high level of penetration, for lack of a better term, in in, in terms of the number of players who tested positive uh, with COVID during the course of the season. Um, you know, I think we're uh, over 50% of our player population uh, has uh, uh, has tested positive for COVID at one one uh, point or another during the course of the regular season to this point. So. We're getting to, to what uh, the medical experts like to talk about, herd immunity um, with respect to this. And I, I guess the good news of Omicron, it's, it's very, very contagious. That's the bad news. Uh, but the good news is that uh, for the most part, our players are not becoming uh, seriously ill. Uh, to your point about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think his experience is, is, is quite similar to the large majority of players who've gotten it, in part because they're such great athletes, uh, you know, and, and their systems really aren't thrown off that much uh, by the Omicron uh, variant. Um, the recovery time um, is is much shorter. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, the, the, we, we take a little bit of positive with, with the negative of, of having to deal with all these COVID cases, or at least our players aren't getting sick. Okay. And Bill, I just want to ask you about one more story that's, now popped up, including here in Edmonton with Evander Kane being available. Um, and, and, and I know the stores are out there, but I'm just hoping to get it in your words kind of to, to, to recap. I mean, there, there were investigations into Kane about um, the abuse and the gambling and the league is obviously comfortable with him being an NHL player if he's offered a contract here. Uh, so uh, obviously, with respect to those two issues, um, there was no uh, evidence found or to corroborate um, the, the concerns on either of those those two issues. Uh, his status uh, with his contract being terminated, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I would, uh, I, I guess, at, at this point in time, he's available to any club. Um, I, I would. Uh, kind of leave my answer there okay no fair enough thanks for clarifying that well bill again thanks for fitness in here on 6 30 chad i know you always have a lot on your plate so we appreciate hearing from you all the best the rest of the season thank you rita i appreciate it and happy new year to you and your listeners 
Yeah, right on. That is Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League. So, um, you kind of gave a very this nuts and bolts uh, answer about uh, Evander Kane. Obviously, there's been issues with that player. Um, the NHL schedule, the revised schedule, should be announced sometime next week. He said most of the games will fit into the Olympic break window, and he says it's fair to say the regular season will still be done by the end of April. I've wondered often if it might go into May. So most of the rescheduled games go into that Olympic break window in February, and then other parts of the schedule will be moved around. So whatever you see on the Oilers schedule now in late February, March, and April, that could change. And and, uh, so everything still gets done uh, by the end of April. So we look forward to that next week, hopefully. Okay, 721. We're going to take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on 630. Way through the third period, the Panthers leading the Canucks 5-2. Barkov has a shorthanded goal in that game. Sam Reinhardt has scored twice. He's up to 11 on the season. Aaron Ekblad got his 10th. The Lightning taking it to the Sabres tonight. It's 6-1 with three and a half minutes to go. Late in the third, Chicago trying to hang on. They're up 3-2 on the Blue Jackets. And halfway through the second period, Nashville leading the Avalanche 2-1. Coming up later, Maple Leafs at Vegas, Penguins at Ducks. Detroit at San Jose. Oilers will get back to practice tomorrow. And Furnace Family Oilers Hockey is Saturday night, 6.30 face-off show game at 8, as the Oilers will host the Ottawa Senators. Uh, finally, a game for the Oilers they haven't played since Wednesday. I was really sad to hear over the weekend that Brian Blessing passed away at the age of 64. If that name rings a bell, then you've probably heard Brian on this show several times uh, a year over the past, uh, well, uh, even before Vegas came into the NHL, Brian uh, would, would come on and update us on their expansion bid. And then we talked to him several times uh, about the Golden Knights as they uh, have played their way into the NHL here. Uh, I, I was on Brian's show probably a couple times a year as well, the Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, I never met him personally, but he covered the NHL for a long time. He covered the Buffalo Sabres before going to Vegas. I, I always enjoyed having him as a guest. He was very knowledgeable, very passionate and just an, an awesome guy to to talk to and a broadcaster that that I looked up to. So I, I was really sad to see that um, Brian passed away over the weekend. I can also tell you that Don Southern has uh, passed away at the age of 85, a long time coach and player in the Canadian Football League, including the defensive coordinator here in Edmonton from 1990 to 1994 also spent time uh, with the Ottawa Rough Riders and the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, primarily as uh, either a defensive position coach or the defensive coordinator he played for Hamilton and Ottawa and Toronto during his playoff uh, uh, playing career he he won four uh, championships as a player and uh, as a coach he won a total of uh, three like I said including uh, 1993 here with Edmonton so uh, a couple good guys lost over the last couple of days okay we got a break for the news and weather Stoffer's up next 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad